Welcome to the Poem of the Week. Each week, our poems are intended to help you practice the best, most current medicine by alerting you to studies that could change your practice. As usual, our host this week is National Public Radio's Dr. Michael Wilkes and Essential Evidence Senior Editor, Dr. Mark Abel. Gentlemen. Hello, Mark. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Good. You and I and probably every single listener have had patients who carry the label of penicillin allergic. Often they can't tell you why they're pen allergic or how they came to have that label. Sometimes we need to give these patients a beta-lactam antibiotic, like if they have syphilis. Sometimes we may even want to give them a, a cephalosporin or a carbapenem or a monobactrim, but we hesitate because they have this label of allergic. Penicillin allergy is the most common drug allergy reported by patients. Uh, Estimates are that about 10% of patients uh, will report a penicillin allergy. However, and this is a big however, 90% of patients with a reported penicillin allergy do not have IgE-mediated sensitivity when skin testing is performed, either because they were inappropriately labeled as allergic or because they had an earlier allergy that perhaps resolved uh, over time. For those who do have a confirmed IgE-mediated penicillin allergy, studies suggest that somewhere around 97% will tolerate cephalosporins and 99% will tolerate carbapenems. However, a few will not tolerate these drugs and could experience some sort of drug-induced anaphylaxis. So the question is, how do we proceed? You found a um, poem that was published in the uh, Canadian Medical Association Journal. It attempts to answer the question, is an amoxicillin oral provocation challenge safe and effective for distinguishing an erroneous penicillin allergy label from a true one, both in adults and children? So an important question, Mark, what did they find? Yeah, they used something very similar to the PEN-FAST score, and listeners can just Google PEN-FAST. That's a very simple risk score for identifying people who are at low risk of having a true penicillin allergy. Uh, The four components are whether they had the reaction recently, whether they had anaphylaxis, angioedema, or a severe cutaneous reaction, and if treatment was needed. Patients with low scores had a less than 5% risk of having a true penicillin allergy. Those with a score of zero had less than a 1% likelihood. So the investigators used criteria very similar to these to identify 99 adults and kids, 18 months or older, who were all considered to be less than 5% risk of having true penicillin allergy. Now, they, it's important to note the clinical settings were equipped with oral diphenhydramine elixir to manage any mild reactions and, of course, epinephrine to manage any potential episodes of anaphylaxis. So what they did was they gave amoxicillin as an oral suspension beginning with 50 milligrams um, and then watched the patient for 20 minutes. If there was no reaction, they got the other 450 milligrams for a total dose of 500 milligrams, and they observed them for an additional hour. Positive reaction was any objective findings like urticaria, wheezing, swelling. It didn't include subjective symptoms such as pruritus without any skin changes or dizziness. Uh, dizziness isn't really a symptom of 
penicillin allergy, and a lot of people get itchy just thinking about being itchy. Uh, patients were instructed to report any delayed symptoms of rash, hives, wheezing, or swelling up to a week later uh, after they had left. Uh, of the 99 patients who completed the protocol, three had a mild reaction and got away with just having oral diphenhydramine. There were no episodes of anaphylaxis, no delayed reactions, and the remaining 96 patients could have the penicillin allergy label removed from their medical record and, of course, you know, didn't have to get um, more expensive or broader spectrum antibiotics when they just needed amoxicillin. So this study, bottom line, reports the outcome of a provocation challenge. Uh, only 3% had a mild reaction. None had anaphylaxis. These were patients chosen using a set of standard criteria and then carefully observed in a clinical setting after a small dose and then a larger dose. So I think this is something, um, it, I guess the main limitation of the study is that it did have only 99 patients. So, you know, the, but the, the results are really pretty compelling. And uh, I think it does give us an option, particularly if somebody really does need a penicillin. I hope that they uh, were very careful about getting informed consent for the study. I think if, if our listeners wanted to implement something like this and having uh, informed consent, written informed consent might be a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Also, I, I've, I've learned something new also. I, people get itchy just thinking about being itchy. I think that was your quote. I, those, Haven't you ever um, gone into a, uh, a kid with scabies? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, in and I start itching myself as I walk out. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it, I don't think it will surprise anyone. Thanks, Mark, for uh, that lesson. We'll talk with you again next week. Sounds good. Thanks, Mike. Well, that's this week's poem. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to read this and other recent poems, please go to www.essentialevidence.com. And please join us again next week for another medical poem. 